0: reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Hebrews, brethren, when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have, been, that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made by hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy place, taking not the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the sprinkling of defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a heifer sanctifies for the purification of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, offered himself without blemish to God, purify your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred which redeems them from the transgressions under the first covenant continuation of the Holy Gospel according to John at that time Jesus said to the crowds of the Jews which of you convicts me of sin if I tell the truth why do you not believe me he who is of God hears the words of God The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I have not a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he will be the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died as as did the prophets, and you say, If anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died, and the prophets died? Who do you claim to be? Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say that he is your God. But if you have not known him, I know him. If I said, I do not know him, I should be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he was to see my day. He saw it and was glad. The Jews then said to him, you are not yet fifty years old and have you seen Abraham Jesus said to them truly truly I say to you before Abraham was I am so they took up stones to throw at him but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple saving words of the gospel Mm. Well, we have now entered into Passion Tide, um, like a separate season within Lent. You can kind of, for convenience sake, call the whole thing Lent. This is really Passion Tide, and this is called First Passion Sunday. And it will be, the next Passion uh, that we hear here will be on Palm Sunday, and that will be, uh, will the Passion will be read. And... So it's like a second Passion Sunday, but we call it Palm Sunday. Today we have this famous uh, reading, very well known reading from chapter 9 of Paul's letter to the Hebrews. And we have this interesting moment in John 8, a continuation of various events that have been going on, kind of pivotal events. Um, First of all, the festival of Sukkot. Or tabernacles has just ended, and there were special ceremonies that took place during the Jewish festival, which went on for seven days. Uh, they would have a special um, set. There, there were two enormous candelabra that stood in the courtyard of the women uh, in the temple, and they were huge, they were enormously tall, so that they had to have ladders to go up to them, and they held gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of oil, and Because there was so much gold on the temple and the height of these these great candelabra that were fed, the wicks were made out of the linen garments of the priests that were not being used anymore. And when they would light these things on fire, it would reflect off the temple and it could be seen all over the the entire city, could, could see these things. And so it was, these are extinguished at the end of the feast and then the very next day the Lord is back in the temple. He's in the treasury area. That's the area which, when we're during, especially during Sukkot, they would collect money uh, for distribution to the poor. And he's talking there, and the, and the Jews are listening, and the scribes and Pharisees are there. And that's where he says, I am the light of the world. <laughs> Just after they've extinguished these enormous lights there, he says, I am the light of the world. Another thing that took place during Sukkot was a A pouring ceremony: a priest would come with a silver ewer uh, from the pool of Siloam, and they would pour water and wine at the same time. It's a very solemn moment, and you can imagine in the silence of the temple as the as they are pouring this. The Lord stands up and says, "If anyone thirst, let him come to me to drink." It's really. Astonishing uh, moments, you know, very dramatic things. This is happening in, in chapters seven and eight. Then they bring a woman caught in adultery to him, and he deals with that. And then this goes, this exchange with the Jews goes on. And one of the reasons why, you know, they emphasize the Jews in here, the Yudaioi, is because these are people from Judea. Those are really the Jews. The people from Judea are the people from the Jews, and this is the southern region and the Lord and his disciples are from the north from Galilee and so that's why they accuse him of being a a Samaritan because the Samaritans are up there and um, there's a there's a tension between the south and north so they they're kind of on his case here Um, he of course he he refutes the the the, the logic he refutes them and and uh, but he gets he gets down to the end here and uh in this business about Abraham, truly, truly I say to you, before Abraham was I am, that I am in Greek is ego ami. And and it's basically in, in Hebrew or Aramaic it would have sounded like the unutterable name of God. So if you say before like when Moses asked um the Lord in the burning bush, you know, who am I to say you are? And the answer was I am, say I am sent you. And here the Lord is using the same language, so he's declaring himself to be God. And this is why they pick up stones to throw him, because they account him as to being being a blasphemer, and someone under the law should be put to death by lapidation. And then it says he hid himself and went out of the temple. Well as he hid himself, Jesus out of it's kind of appropriate on this day because this is a day when we veil images, especially images of the Lord. You see behind me there my my images are are veiled here. They hid the Lord hid himself or hiding nothing. And it's it's nice. I mean it's nice. It's a it's a very ancient custom. Uh, it's a custom that goes back to the time when before there were um the corpus, the body of the Lord is on the cross and we but on what we now call a crucifix, they used to have highly decorated uh, crosses in church, sometimes with precious stones, but without the body of the Lord. And they would veil this um, at a certain time um, as they would draw uh, closer to the to the holy days. Um, so, you know, what happens is uh, along the way, certain certain usages uh, take root. And um, sometimes meanings for them come to be provided later, so that the meaning of the gesture or the meaning of the customs shifts over time. And that doesn't make it bad. It doesn't make it something um, like you know the the liberal the modernists lives who you know want to they say they want to go back to the pristine way that things were celebrated. And so they have to—they want to get rid of all of the superfluous customs and gestures and so forth that have accrued. It's like scraping barnacles off, you know. Well, it's just—that's just so screwed up. I mean, it's hard to. uh, Anyway, let's hear a little bit about this reading from the epistle, Um, very well-known reading from Hebrews nine. Paul in here is stressing uh, the high priesthood of the Lord and our redemption in the shedding of his blood and because this is written to the Hebrews uh, Paul doesn't have to explain a lot of things that they would they would know right away all he has to do is use kind of shorthand references and they would have the context and they would have they'd have something fixed in their mind right away Um, every every Jew would have known about how uh, Aaron the brother of Moses uh, was set apart to be the high priest over the people and that uh, he and all the subsequent priests were to offer sacrifices of God according to the prescriptions that God laid down especially in the in the book of Leviticus and so forth and to were to use the their portable sanctuary their tabernacle this uh, this threefold tent structure That went everywhere they went when they were wandering in the the wilderness. And on one day of the year, especially the the high priest would go from the the court area within the first tent of where sacrifices were performed, and then there was another inner area where the show bread or the bread of the presence was and the uh, the altar of incense and the menorah and so forth were all in there and this is of the temple too and then within that there is the holy of holies and the high priest on Yom Kippur the day of atonement was to go into that holy of holies and sprinkle uh the the ark with the blood of uh, with blood sacrifice um that's what's the business here about the uh the the blood of goats and bulls and ashes of heifer that would mix, be mixed with water and then there would be sprinkled on the people and this was all a sign of expiation of the sins of all the people during that whole year and the high priest who would go into the into the uh, Holy of Holies that inner sanctum had to be absolutely pure so they had uh, ritual washings and they had all sorts of things he had he could not be in any way ritually uh, unpure because if he would go in and be impure he would be struck down by God and die uh, so they would uh, the, they they put a bell on him and they tied a rope around his ankle uh, so that if he died in there they could pull him out because nobody else could go in there except the high priest so they have all of this all of this is is in the background for uh, what Paul is talking about. And what we have here is an argument an argument from the lesser to the greater. If those kinds of sacrifices were able to purify the people in an expi- expiatory way, how much more would the eternal high priest go into the tabernacle, the tent not made by hands, but may, because it isn't of this creation, but go into the heavenly holy place, the heavenly holy of holies, bringing his own blood as priest victim himself. How much more, if that other one cleanses the, 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 the counts for the expiation and cleansing of the flesh, how much more will this cleanse basically our souls, right down to our. To, to the root of our of our very being and so this Paul is explaining that this is the establishment of a new covenant and if you look at the history of covenants Scott Hahn for example has done a great deal of work on this and really terribly insightful but in a nutshell when you break down all these different covenants that are established each one of them expanding to include more and more and more people and this one finally everybody, Regardless of you know they're, they're Jews or Gentiles or whoever, they are all established in a high place. They have to go up to a high place. The Lord goes up Golgotha to be crucified. There is a uh, a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice, and a meal to seal the deal to bring them about the relationship. Of course, we have the Last Supper, which is part of the continuation, the continuous passion thing that goes all the way from the passion through the death and resurrection and then the ascension of the Lord, and that's a key point for all of this, because the Lord didn't it says that the Lord entered once for all into the holy place. Well this is this is the Lord's ascension into heaven where he now outside of time and space is able to renew, continuously offer in an eternal way the sacrifice uh, to the Father. And through our connection with Him in baptism and the sacrament of orders, we, especially we priests, are able to renew that very sacrifice that He is renewing eternally on our altars. And because it's outside of time and space, it can happen at different times. It can happen simultaneously. It can happen on this altar, that altar, this altar, that altar. The Lord can be present in this host, that host, this host, that host. Because of the ascension, that's why it's very important to remember the ascension of the Lord, and Paul uh, is underscoring that uh, with the Hebrews. So we are in a new uh, covenant with God, and uh, this covenant is to is to bring us all into into one through the the blood of Christ, uh, to be purified um, down to the very being, down to the roots of our very being. And we have this time of preparation, um, the season of preparation, of doing penance and so forth, uh, to prepare for the celebration of the great mystery of our salvation and the resurrection of the Lord, his death and resurrection as priest and victim, and he rises and then extends, continues to extend through the ascension and to the end of the, the cycle, which is Pentecost. But Remember that we always have our fasts before our feasts. Um, We continue our spiritual pilgrimage today um, to St. Peter's Basilica. There was no collect church because on Saturday they didn't have uh, rites. They had uh, secret. They didn't have mass. They had uh, instead they had um, starting on Saturday and going all through the night. They had what was called the panukis, which is an ancient, ancient, ancient word for vigils. Uh, by the tomb of the apostles, and then at dawn on Sunday morning, they would have the ordinations uh, to the priesthood, and then there would follow this fortnight, roughly fortnight, actually twelve days according to ancient Roman calculations and so forth, for uh, an even deeper fast. This is the this beginning of, of Passion Tide. so we're now in a in a very special cycle. And the mood of our readings and the mood of our prayers. If you go back and you look at what's going on in the in the in the antiphons and and the readings and so forth, uh, to, from today onward, we have very much a um, the tale and the and the image of the the just one and the innocent one who is being persecuted and plotted against. Um, uh, and one last point, uh, just for the the sake of your. Uh, your knowledge about the customs of faith and so forth that we that we enjoy um, at St. Peter's Basilica today um, the Roman station today um, if, the, if the gospel traditionally says that the Lord hid himself today and so we veil images today at St. Peter's Basilica is the day when the Veil of Veronica is exposed to view it's kind of an ironic shift there as we hide his image they show the image on a veil and uh, many relics of the Saints are placed on the altar of Saint Peter's and this goes back to the ancient practice of these vigils on the night so they would have the the ordinations today because during those vigils they would read uh, the acts of the martyrs and so when you see these all the relics of these saints especially martyr saints on the altar of st. Peter's over the tomb of the Apostle we are it's a in the custom it's a custom that's connecting us very very deeply with our ancient Catholic forebears these customs are beautiful things and they mean the things to us and we should treasure them they are all part of our identity who we are and we should be very grateful that we have them and uh, and uh, now um, we, there are so, many beautiful books and great scholarship written about them so that we can understand them more deeply. Deum patrium nipotente factorum celi terre, visibilum omnum et invisibilum, et nunum dominum is un Christopinum deu i genitum, et expatriatum antio mia secula, deum de deo lumine illuminate um vero de deo vero, genitum non vacum, consubstantial in parvi per termonia partisum, e prompt in osso amidis, prompt in osso salutem, deceb de decelis, et incarnatus est de spiritu sancto ex Maria Virgine, e volo factus est. Lucificus etiam pro sur Pontio Pilato passus et sepultus est, et resurrexit et sieties secundus scripturans, et ascendit in cielum, seren et externa partis, et iterum venturus est cum gloria unicari vivos et mortuos, cuyus reni non edi finis. Her in spiritu sanctum, dovidum et vivendicatem, qui ex-patri, filioque procedi Qui compatre, filio simul, adoratur e concordificatur, qui locutus est per prophetas, et unam sanctam pretonicale et vectesia. Confide or unum baptisma in rinicio de et expecto resurrectionem orvortum in en vita mentulis Amen. Dominus obiscom, oremos. Convide vertimi, Domine, in topo vorimeo, retligui tuo, diva, me custodiam sermones tuos, vivi vivamese con numberum tuo, Domine.